0: Welcome to the CFB Dynasty podcast with hosts Matt Knowles, Brian McElfresh, and Doug Gravely. Hey
1: everybody, how you doing out there in CFB Dynasty college fantasy football chat. It's Thanksgiving week, it's also championship week. Today we're going to talk about things we're thankful for. But you know what else we're going to talk about? You could be in the part of a season where you might need a reboot. You might need to uh, do your season fell apart, kind of like this podcast stream did a couple of times. You might need a little bit of a reboot so you can start thinking about next year. Doug, how are you feeling as you are preparing for the 2024 season?
0: Man, I feel pretty good. I've been able to, uh, you know, start planning for my 2024, I don't know, what, three weeks ago? (laughs) Um. Nah, man, it's been fun watching watching everybody battle. I love what we do in our league, how we battle for picks too at the end of the year because it kind of keeps people engaged. So, man, it's been fun. Um, and already the discussions in this league starting for like trades and yeah. all that. I'm like, dude, this is this is great. This is what I I, I cannot I, So I love the football season, but man, the offseason can be so fun. Um, with trades and everything it it, it, as long as it's engaged this time of year can be so much fun watch people go back and forth
2: that is the the best part i i do you know we would always open our 2024 calendar year or whatever in signing day or on signing day which was Mm -hmm. a bigger event uh second signing day back uh back when our league started um way bigger events um but uh yeah, now it's really an afterthought so it's going to be a lot of fun people are ready to make trades in our league now um but yeah we don't open up the uh the next year picks and all that stuff you know this has been like a a point that's been debated in our league for a while normally it would be sometimes we would do it on signing day Um, sometimes we would do it uh, other points of the year. I don't remember where we ended on the the calendar season uh, discussion.
1: We we ended up with it being now on uh, the Monday after the NFL draft is where you can start. Well, I think we can start making some trades um, the Monday after signing day, but where you can start trading next year's draft picks, like for next year 2025 would be the Monday after the NFL draft. So I think it's after the second signing day is when uh, trades are opened back up. Or it was – Signing day or whatever the Super Bowl was, whichever one was later. Since the Super Bowl gets keeps getting moved back and back and back, um, it's the Monday after whichever one of those, which is later.
2: Yeah, so that's always exciting. Uh, it's definitely a, a year-round league uh, from that point of view. So, all right, cool. Well, uh, man, I, I'm excited for the games this weekend. Um, Florida, Florida State, obviously, a ton on the line. For the Gators and uh, Battle of the Backup Quarterbacks. That's going to be a fun one. Um, but yeah, what do you have going on this weekend, Matt?
1: Uh, so I've got uh, the seventh year in a row, I'll be at Beard of Brown Coat Comics and Games doing their Black Friday show. So I have a, a comic show that actually starts at midnight tomorrow night. So uh, that's going to be crazy. I made sure I told them I'm only going to be there till two o'clock on Friday. So I can get out and watch the Dolphins play Black Friday football, then watch NC State UNC on uh, on Saturday, as well as some other great college games. Oh, but that's what I got going on. Doug, what about you?
0: Oh man, I don't know. It just depends how much of a coma I'm in for eating so much food tomorrow. Um, <laughs> um no, I'd love to get out and play some golf this weekend. The weather's supposed to be super nice here, um, and then, man, just enjoying some family time. And I'm looking forward to the Ohio State Michigan game for sure. Um, lot online that game and then like bmex said you know the Florida Florida state game one team has playoff implications the other one has bowl so mm-hmm. and it's about the backups and it's going to be fun so
1: so how do you guys feel as florida fans do you feel like the the game this week has been tempered down because of that horrific injury to jordan travis are you like dude it's florida florida state they could bust out a bunch of high schoolers out there we still want to go wreck them
2: it's yes, Florida Florida State it's senior night all that stuff um it, it's certainly different uh, you know I grew up in the 90s watching the games when it was like you know this this was a top five matchup some of the times um, last game of the season uh BCS on the line that kind of stuff so uh, it's a little different now um, in the last decade or so <laughs> as Florida and Florida State have had their ups and downs. Uh, and more downs than ups for both programs. So um, this year, though, like Doug said, it's, uh, you know, Florida Gators need momentum in recruiting and all that stuff. Bowl practice will be massive for all of those, uh, that young squad. You know, 30% of the the snaps on defense this year have been true freshmen for Florida. So that's going to be a huge advantage for them uh, next year and the year after that um, as they're – youth has still like, you know, junior, senior level type of experience on the field. So that'll be great for them in the future. And Florida State, you know, they've got everything on the line. They're still undefeated. So that's going to be a big one there. But
1: I do, uh, I do think as, as not being a Florida State fan, um, I do think that they kind of got screwed in the uh, college football playoff poll this week because a quarterback gets hurt. Because a quarterback gets hurt. They drop out of the top four. I'm like, that just seems, that seems like, you know, a double whammy that that's just not that's just not cool. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that at all.
2: The first thing I remember. Uh, do you remember oh, Kenyon Martin? I I forget what school he went to. Big time college basketball player. Yes. He got hurt right before the tournament, and they they were like a clear number one seed, and then they they bumped him down. The committee did.
1: I absolutely um, remember that. It was ridiculous.
2: Uh, it's ridiculous. The same with Forest State. Like, uh, there's five undefeated teams, though. If they're undefeated, they're getting it. Period. Yeah, I think
0: a lot of that had to do, honestly. Maybe not as much to the quarterback play, but, I mean, Washington has beat some better teams as of late than That's Florida true. State has. That's yeah. so true. That's They played valid. Utah. When Utah was ranked, they beat them. They played Oregon State. They just beat them. So I don't know if it's as much the quarterback situation as it is. They've just played two ranked teams in a row and beat them. Um, and Florida State was down 13 to nothing with their starting quarterback yep. against a high school team. Uh, yeah, uh, for- and,
1: and true. I think I think the stars are coming out for Washington too. I mean, I know this may be a hot take, but I because Marvin Harrison Jr. is great, but I think Roma Dunze is the best wide receiver in college football. The dude is just such a beast. He's so strong. Um, I can't wait to see him playing on Sundays. He is such a beast.
0: Yeah. <clears> but, yep, it's like you said, I Sundays. think if, if Florida State wins this week, they beat Louisville. They're they're in no matter what. So it yeah. is what it is as of right now. I mean, there's still so much to play for, for these teams. Um, yeah, and, and you would have to think that if Wash, you know, if Washington wins out, it's going to be, you know, potentially <laughs> a one-loss SEC team if Georgia loses to Alabama, and then the other teams that are undefeated, I would think, have to fill out the playoffs. So. Well.
1: I love it. I every year I want to see chaos when it comes to the 14 team playoff. That's because if you guys have watched this podcast for the last couple of years, you know how much I've advocated for a larger playoff and how much BMAC hates it because BMAC is stuck in 1976 oh, and boy. he wants there he wants bowls to be what decides it and just the polls and the voters and that's what he wants. <laughs> He wants there to be he wants the Cotton Bowl in 1976 Oklahoma and Nebraska to be what decides the uh, college football championship. I want there to be a playoff, so I'm glad next year we're going to experience something when it comes to a playoff.
2: No, I'm I'm out on all that stuff, but I do I do <laughs> like the uh, I like the four team playoff. I think it's really good, and I think the uh, so here's the here's where I have an issue with it. We have many playoffs games throughout the season that are going to be diminished. You think about how much you want to watch Ohio State-Michigan this week, and you know why. Because it's do or die. This is a playoff game. Uh, you're just not going to get them in the regular season. Like You get to this game next year, and, it's, and you realize both teams are already in the playoff. It's just for seeding. And then you also know that you might see this game three times before the season is out if both teams are great, where it's like they're going to play in the last week of the regular season. They'll play in the conference championship game because next year the divisions don't matter in the Big Ten. And then they'll probably meet up again in the playoff. Like You'll know that this game that's coming up of two undefeated rivals is going to be meaningless. And that's why I hate it. You're going to take that away and push it Uh, to
1: the playoff. I don't know if it's meaningless, but I do think, I mean, look at last year. Last year, TCU gets a big win in the uh, semis, and then they get absolutely obliterated in probably one of the worst college football championship games we've ever seen. If you have a playoff, maybe TCU gets exposed before the national championship game, and we get two teams that would actually have had a better game at that point. I'm not saying it would have happened but I think you have a little bit better chance to to weed out some of the pretenders before it happens on the national stage it's, like
0: that. it's unfortunate last year because um, I think the championship game was actually the game that was played before with Georgia and Ohio State so yeah and you get with, with the with the seating and stuff um, and I think you're always going to have that no matter what but yeah it's just it's rough with that type of stuff you know especially being a former athlete you never know because based off seating and schedules and stuff, the championship game could be the semifinal game. You just it just sucks. So well,
1: and I can understand too. Be mac You you come from a you're a lifelong SEC fan, and SEC has always been the power conference. And you're like, dude, let's get the power teams in there. I'm the opposite. Or I always love seeing the Cinderellas, uh, whether it's Boise State going in and beating you know, you know Oklahoma or whatever it is. I love there being a chance that. The underdog has a chance to have a an unbelievable run. Look at you know Florida Atlantic last year in college basketball going to the final four. Who would have thought that was going to happen? Um, nobody would have thought that before the season started, or even when the postseason started. If they didn't have that chance, just giving them a chance. The 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 uh, probably one out of every twenty years that Cinderella might have a chance to do something. But you know what though? Doesn't that make it great when you're like Tulane could be in the national championship and maybe get a win where it would never happen? ever in the current system
2: Uh, it definitely won't happen because i mean it's not college basketball like the differences between your uh you know let's take a look let's take a look at um you know michigan's schedule before they played penn state how many teams in the sec would be undefeated on that schedule and i think absolutely almost a majority of them would be undefeated on that schedule um up until Penn State obviously and Ohio State this week but still like I I think uh it's hard to measure but then you look at recruiting you look at Tulane's O-line versus let's say Alabama's D-line as they get match up in the playoffs like it's just it's not basketball where one player can get hot and affect the game way more than than in a football game. And so uh, I don't think that'll ever happen in terms of a Cinderella story going all the way through the playoffs, but uh, maybe they'll get one game just like they did in well, the bowl game, like you mentioned.
1: And, you know, and a, C- a Cinderella a Cinderella could be the fifth place team in the SEC that never would have had a chance to make it before, but now they go in as the 11 seed into the playoffs. Maybe, maybe Tennessee has a chance at a run. Maybe yeah. Vanderbilt has a chance to run. I say that in jest, um, you know. But you never know. Maybe, maybe Florida, who has had a few rough years as of late, maybe they find a way to sneak in at seven and five one year as the 11 seed because they play the gauntlet of a schedule in the SEC. You know, who you never know. That part know. is need-
2: good. That yeah. part is good for sure. But um, I, I still, I love the whole season and I love the urgency that I feel when I go into the swamp and it's Florida, Tennessee in week three. And I know at that point, someone's going to come out of that game second in the sec East. And, uh, that matters a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot. So it's, it's going to matter a lot less going forward, which is going to suck. And we'll see how it impacts regular season attendance. We'll see how it impacts, uh, the intensity and all that stuff, which, I think it has to have a negative impact. Um, and it's we could go into a lesson in economy there, but hey, let's go or economics. Let's we can go real quick over there to the to the news and notes if you're ready, Matt. I know you got one that you want to leave ah. us off with, but I'll play the drop and we'll get to it.
0: Let's do it. News and notes around college football.
1: All right. So I'll just take this top one in news. That should be a surprise to absolutely no one that has seen Colorado play this year. Shador Sanders is quote unquote, taking it by day by day and not feeling well right now. If you've watched Colorado, you have to be horrified, horrified at how bad their offensive line is. Um, Back in the day, when the Houston Texans came in and they had David Carr and they would have commercials where it'd just be one offensive lineman and David Carr, and then the defensive line coming in and just crushing him. That was a better offensive line than what Colorado is putting on the field right now. And I feel bad for Shador because Shador got injured twice, twice before he got knocked out of the game, 20 minutes into the game last week, 20 minutes in and that happens that has happened every week since like week four. Um, So yeah, Shador, if I'm Dion, I probably don't play him this week. Let somebody else go in there, get the crap knocked out of him. You know, you know, when Colorado ended the game with a quarterback number 23 in the game, who inexplicably was able to complete a pass to himself and throw an interception on the same single play. Tell me how that happens. Doug completed a pass to himself and threw an interception on the same play last week, you know, things are going downhill for Colorado. I've been a Shador Sanders supporter all year. I even played him last week, much to my chagrin, knocked me out of the college fantasy semis, but I feel for the kid. He is a great athlete, but my goodness, that offensive line is horrible.
2: We tried on the show to warn you. We tried to get you to play Frank Harris. <laughs> hey, it is
1: only a 70-point difference. What can I say? Frank <laughs> Harris with 48.9 points in the first half, I was, I was sick to my stomach. But you know what? That's why we all got to pay attention to those CFP Dynasty rankings. <laughs> Stream <Straight laughs> well, on me.
2: No, I mean, I get it. When you live with a guy who gets you all the way there to the semifinal, it's hard to bench him and that that comes down to it like we provide the rankings as a tool for everyone to use but it really comes down to gut you know same with like going into the draft like i wanted because i felt good about him there's no no real rhyme or reason i felt really good about eugene wilson and i was like all right i gotta have him gotta have him gotta have him and then I, for whatever reason, just decided uh, to to go with some other players that I had ranked more highly, and then someone else snagged him. And he's he's a baller for, you know, he would have been better than whoever I drafted in the third round. Um, And yet he's also got two more years left in, in our league. So I get to watch him ball out on someone else's team. So it is a part of uh, data plus your gut plus, like, whatever makes you happy. You know, you yeah. got to have players that are like my guys, like guys yeah. that I got to have.
1: Well, and, and I, I agree. That's one of the things that I've said on the show over the season is part of what it needs to come into that decision is who are you going to be able to live with? If you start them compared to who you put on the bench, if I would have switched those guys last week and put Frank Harris in and put Shador on the bench, yes, I'd be in the championship right now, but if roles were reversed and Frank Harris has an off game and Shador blows up on my bench and I lose that game, I would have been a much more difficult pill to swallow because I would have felt like I overthought my fantasy decision. So that should come into it as well, along with the analytics. Um, who are you going to be able to live with losing with, as opposed to having that person be on the bench? So yeah, it did suck last week, but it is what it is.
2: Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's push it along through Doug. I'll give you the, the, Music, you can knock out. All right, let's hit it. Let's hit
0: it. So, along with the Shador Sander news, we got Drew Aller. uh, Quarterback from Penn State. He's probable to play. Um, Then Isaiah Ifanze, running back for Cal, is doubtful. So, if you have Ott on your championship lineup, probably worth a play because he ain't going to have anybody taking touches away. Um, Jaden Rashada. Kid that started the season um, looked pretty good for Arizona State. He's getting first-team reps again after the injury, so that's pretty fun, and and it's good for those Arizona State receivers too. So, um, Antoine Wells, we've talked about him every single week, this poor fella. Um, he said he's not going to play this week, but he's returning next season for South Carolina. So, um, you know, maybe – Giving him the offseason to kind of rest his body will be good for him. And then he can play like we all know he can play next year. <laughs> Elijah Arroyo, tight end for Miami. Somebody that Brian and I were both super high on um, this season. Didn't get to play a lot because of injuries, but he's probable to play this week. So see how that goes. Let me um,
2: read you his 2023 stats. All right, you can go ahead and continue.
0: <laughs> boom. There they are. Um <laughs> You got Dylan Johnson, running back for Washington. This is kind of a weird one. He's in a walking boot right now, but they're hopeful that he's going to play. So they might just be taking it easy. I think he got stepped on or something, Um, you know. Then you got Mikey Keene, quarterback for Fresno, ready to go. Hudson Card, quarterback for Purdue, should be available. Lad McConkey, wide receiver from Georgia. This note should confuse you like it did me. Should return from ankle injury but said it's it was not said if it will be this week or not so he'll be able to return but who knows when so um yeah really for the close game. eye on that and then you got logan Diggs running back for lsu probable to play arkansas running backs right now are kind of like illinois um <laughs> uh rashad debinion and rocket sanders both had season-ending surgeries this past week so uh Think rockets coming back next year now? I'm, I haven't seen if he is or not, but if he is, good for me. Um, you got Dylan Gabriel, quarterback for Oklahoma, took that uh, hit, hit the ground pretty hard, hurt his head. Um, they're optimistic that he'll be available this week. Tyler Shuck, quarterback for Texas Tech, he's transferring, transferring out of Texas Tech. Yep, so the, that could be a fun one to watch for to see where he goes. Then you got Cam Rising, quarterback at Utah, announced he will return next season. And I'll see this how
1: he didn't play at all this year. I mean, yeah, why
0: not? (laughs) We've already mentioned (laughs) it. um, And it's one that I'm going to mention again because it's so fun with so much on the line. We all know um, Graham Mertz and Jordan Travis both out for the rest of the year. Travis's college career is over. Um, So sad. And. You know, he was a Heisman hopeful, too. He was on the list, you know, and just sucks for him. Um, we got the battle of the backups with Rodemaker and, and Max Brown, and we'll see what happens there. But I feel bad for both Mertz and Travis because they were actually both having a great year. Mertz was having a
2: better year than I thought he was going to have. So Than everyone thought. Like, uh, Napier's not getting the credit deserved uh, for that one. And hopefully uh that'll happen some more in the off season like the way the offense has performed for florida has been really good but how sad is it man for for florida state that's that's just gut-wrenching to be undefeated and lose your quarterback there and and end his career like that that sucks
0: so that kind of wraps it up for the news and notes y'all but um again like i always do and try to do you know every week i will keep you posted as the days goes on to what new news comes out um so, And if you've got some championship questions about players, hit me up on Discord and I'll fill you in.
1: So uh, NC State had another fun thing happen this week too. Their starting running back, their second starting running back of the year enters the transfer portal, Michael Allen. So you've had Jordan Houston enter the portal, Michael Allen enter the portal. You have MJ Morris decide he's going to play four games and then put himself back on red shirt. And they could potentially have a better season than last year. That is crazy. There's also yeah. there's yeah there's also talk that uh, the guy that just de- decommitted uh, the big time running back recruit from Michigan State just decommitted he's got 50 offers at Michigan um, decommitted from Michigan State they're considering him an NC State lean so that might be why some of these running backs are getting out of there because this guy might be going to NC State after decommitting from uh from Michigan State the other day
2: yeah we're starting to get the the little uh you know, whatever, leads up to an earthquake. I'm from Florida. I don't know what goes into it. Tremors. Into Tremors. Yeah. There you go. With <laughs> Dino Babers, another coach, you know, fired. We're going to start seeing this stuff. Like LaQuint Allen, the talent, perfect size, you know, can block, can catch, all that stuff. Where will he go? Will he go? Uh, you have to assume with uh, – if he's got NFL aspirations, um, he's going to go – to a big school where he can get some uh be an rb1 <clears throat> and uh, we'll see how that one kind of plays out but there's going to be a ton of massive things that happen like that with an impact on fantasy here in the next few weeks mm-hmm.
1: all right so doug bmack wanted to jump down to the news and notes real quick and he jumped right over like he hurdled <laughs> defensive lineman on the ground the top standout performances from last week why don't you why don't you run us through the top standup performances in fantasy football last week?
0: All right. So number one, man, this kid has been insane the last couple of weeks. weeks. Uh, Jaden Daniels with 86 fantasy points last That's week. Insane. this kid like, and, and it kind of brings me to a real quick side note here. And I wanted to ask you guys, do you see a potential three or four loss quarterback winning the Heisman again? It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But if it does, I feel like it should be this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, it could totally be this year, and it could be him. Um, it's it's right now him, you know, Penix, and Knicks. Um, I think those are the three that are kind of pulling away with it a little, totally, little bit. Totally, yeah. I do I think, think Marvin Harrison should be in that discussion. Ohio State would have not won all their games without him.
1: I think uh, I think honestly that the, the Heisman Trophy is Penix's is to lose. I think that he is the clear front runner right now, and I think he's if he performs well at the end of the season, I think Penix is going to win the trophy.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be crazy because, like I said, potential three or four loss guy winning it. I I could see this being the year that it happens again.
2: Yeah, from an MVP or whatever uh, kind of perspective. All three of those guys, if you take Jaden Daniels off of LSU, if you take Knicks or Penix off of their respective teams, they're not going to be where they're at right now. Yeah. And all those teams rely on those. So, yeah. um, speaking I'd of, I'd be happy with any of them. Anyways. um,
0: speaking of Bo Nix, he came in at number three with 65 points last week. Um, and then we got our boy Frank Harris at number two with 76. Um, then a surprising one for me, y'all, somebody that – or a team that hasn't really been much of anything. Arkansas State's defense, 63 points. Um, and then Washington State's defense, 57. Garrett Green, quarterback for uh, West Virginia, who's actually played well this year um, when given the chance. He had 52 points. And then Jacquez Cross. Wide here for Arkansas State with 51 points. I mean, they put up 77 points in that game last week. So uh, you would have thought that somebody went off, and it was Mr. Cross with 51 fantasy points. So, um, I, like I said, I typically like to stay with my 70 points and above, um, and that's where I'm at, and I like
2: that picture a lot. It's really good. So. <laughs> there, there he is on Matt's bench. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like, he's literally looking at his phone Saying why is that dude not, Why did he not start me <sighs> Regard me <laughs> Alright so All jokes aside This is The championship week in college fantasy football We ask you guys If you wanted to give us your starting lineups We go and take a look at them uh, We do have three leagues that we can look at this week We have our home league We have our open league and we've also got the uh, MDP league, which was an offshoot of CFB uh, because CFB was so good back in the day. And there's so many people who wanted to join this league. Uh, one of our, 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 value members, Mike Dillingham was like, you know what? I got to go create a second league similar to CFB. So some of these guys have a chance to get in and be part of this goodness. So we can look at all three of those B so, uh, BMAC, why don't you go ahead and bring up the uh, CFB dynasty uh, home league real quick and we'll look at the championship game. you got a, uh, Mike Davis and Gordy Miller. Gordy is the one who uh, so seriously dumped uh, Doug last year for the championship. Um, crushing him in embarrassing fashion, Doug. How many points did he beat you by last year?
0: I don't remember. Point something.
1: Point two. <laughs> like I said, crushing to keep defeat. It out of my you memory.
0: At? You keep bringing it back up. I'm going to stab you, and it's fine. <laughs>
2: Yep. So as a reminder, and I've got it up on the screen here. So we've got Gordy Arizona State versus Mike Davis. This is a um, uh, for Mike Davis. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise for him that uh, USC and his quarterback, Caleb Williams, has a bye week um, because, man, they have been struggling. But Mm -hmm. um, anyways, he's got Donovan Smith, in. I think this will be the first time he starts him at UCF um, against Jaden Daniels at home against Texas AM, where they're trying to get him the Heisman. Um, that's a really good matchup. And, and as a reminder, also this league is a, a dynasty league college to pro. So there's some weird, uh, roster dynamics there where you've got, um, a mix of college players and potential NFL players, whatever, um, Estime and Irving at running back against Braylon Allen and Quinshawn Judkins. Mm. Um, one of the fun parts about this week championship week is you got games like every single day, starting on Tuesday, um, got the black Friday, big games happening all day. Um, and then of course, Saturday too. So, um, <clears throat> our receiver Gordy's got Polk coming off, uh, a tough game, McConkie, Tyler Brown in for Clemson. And then Matt's, uh, this guy that Matt hates, Kevin Conception on uh oh. Mike Davis's team, oh. along with Malik Neighbors and a Dunze. Oh, his receivers it, it, are so good. It's because oh, yeah. of that. Oh uh, we're not even to the flex in tight ends. It's because of that that I'm rolling with Mike Davis. He's so elite and consistent at receiver. I think he'll be good enough at running back and quarterback to compete. However, Jaden Daniels could go off and that's that's the keep
0: Gordy in this game. That's the one where, uh, as long as he doesn't use Malik neighbors. Well,
1: and I tell you, I tell you part of the reason why you have to say Gordy has a chance is just because it's Gordy. Gordy is like the ultimate spoiler. He could have a team that is not the better team and still find a way to win. As referenced by last year, I think Doug had a better team than Gordy and Gordy got the dub, um, wreckers I could have, I would have had to have played a perfect lineup last week to beat him, but that dude had like three running backs on the bench that scored twenty three to twenty seven points. His team is so deep. Uh, you look at who he's got out there. Um, yeah, I think with a receiving core like that, Concepcion, Neighbors, and uh, Adunze, it's going to be tough for him to lose. I think the biggest thing is yeah. will Donovan Smith be able to go and put up some huge numbers against UCF? If so, I think he's got that done.
2: With Quick pick, league. who are you betting on? Quick pick, got Doug. We'll move along. Oh, Rutgers for sure. All right, boom. We'll go to the to the open league championship here. I've got, and this is who deserves to be here, by the way. Saucy Dossie, Town Five yep. Ten. These two guys were consistent and good right from the jump. Good draft. It's common theme. Yeah, yeah. These two. These two killed it, and they'll be featured in the Masters League. In 2024. Um, so, as a theme, we got Jaden Daniels in the championship um, for Saucy Dossie, along with Marquise Irving, um, just like Gordy, and then wow. Will Shipley. Um, Oak Town's running out Carson Beck with Rasheen Ali and Jaden Ott there. Ott, obviously, we talked about as a really uh, likely to be the premier runner. And it's a late game, which is also fun. I like having like the last yeah. shot at the at the championship. But at UCLA, that's been a tough defense. Yeah, defense for sure. Um, I, I would have to say easy advantage for Saucy Dossie there for yeah. those for those first ones. Um and then jump down to receiver. He's got Javon Baker, uh, Jalen Gill and Sam Pinckney against Oak Towns. Kelly Akarai. <laughs> okay? Yes. Uh moving along Jam- Jamari Thrash to jo- Wester. Um and then we've got Fairchild against Velling and then in the flex Silas Bolden against Devin Neal. Man, um this is a bigger league so the the rosters are not as good as uh the last one I don't think, but uh Dang, I might have to roll with Saucy Dossie, although um, Oak Town's got nobody that's going to be a bust, I don't think. And I think he's got a good shot to have maybe a LeJante Wester go off again. Um, but Jamari Thrash, man, that's a tough matchup against Kentucky. I'd go quick pick Saucy Dossie. Who do you guys have? Um, Man, I'm gonna go Saucy Dossie, and I would especially go
0: Saucy Dossie. And this might be a, a stretch for some, but changing out Silas Bolden and putting in on his bench Johnny Wilson against Florida's secondary instead. I
1: yeah. think I'm gonna go with Oak town just because Oak town has been the consistent number one scoring team in the league. Um, I do think it's crazy he's running with Jacksonville State as his defense in this game, but you know if he wins with Jacksonville State, that's probably gonna be the first championship ever. For Jacksonville state or a Jacksonville state player. Um, yeah, I got to go with Oak town. has been number one all year. It's good for the number one team to get to get that, get that dub.
2: Um, and then in the other league that was sent in, we've got, uh, what was this one called again? This MVP. is this is, a, this is MVP. Right. So yet again, Jaden Daniels in, in the championship. So it's hard to lose when you had Jaden Daniels. Um, and that's, uh, extremely important as you look at like who, the top players, where you know <laughs> you're looking for consistency and, of course, points. Um, but dang, um, that one could be a, healthy all he year swap, though.
0: Milrow against Auburn's defense, who Milro's been
2: so. uh, at Auburn. Weird things happen. I would not say that out loud. I just did. <laughs> Give me Jaden Daniels at home, huge advantage over Milro, and we'll look at that when we get to the rankings portion. Um uh, so yeah, we've got Northwest Southeast U <laughs> has Jaden Daniels, Jermaine Brown, Blake Corum against Top Gun with Milro, Travion Henderson at Michigan, and Joar Jordan against Kentucky. Hey, at huge Michigan. advantage I... to Northwest Southeast U. Yeah, there. Um, and then at receiver, Macklin, Adunze, Dante Wright. Against Luke McCaffrey, Xavier Leggett, Marvin Harrison. Um, again, tough, tough matchup there at Michigan for Ohio State. Um, we'll see how that one plays out. Overall, okay, and there's, uh, Kamani Vidal yep. at Southern Miss against Conception in the flex position. I like Northwest, Southeast, U as my pick. Who are y'all's quick picks there?
1: I think Northwest Southeast has probably got the advantage there, but uh, Mike Dillingham, who's uh the longtime founding member in our league as well is is a uh, top gun. And uh, Mike always finds a way to, uh, to get that dub at the end. But I think Northwest Southeast is just too strong, especially all these teams. If Jaden Daniels has a week like last week, I think they all take the dub every single one I of them. But am, if he doesn't, I'm, then I think the door's open
0: rolling with top gun. I'm going to be the odd man out of on this one. I think, there's no defense out there that can stop Marvin Harris and even Michigan, so it's it's fine.
1: I will say, Michigan. Yeah, Middle Tennessee playing against Sam Houston. Sam Houston looked like they were going to beat uh, was it Western Kentucky last week? Sam Houston's playing some ball, so that could be an interesting decision play in Middle Tennessee uh, defense against Sam Houston, who's actually playing some really good football right now. hmm mm-hmm. Anyways, that is our that is our roundup of the uh, of some lineups for Championship Week. If you want some other commentary about it, make sure you throw it up in the Discord. And I'm sure Doug, who uh, is manning that thing, Mr. I'm getting private messages all the time from all of his followers and his uh, his fan base and his stalkers out there, uh, he'll get you some information back.
2: Keep it real, my brothers. Keep it real. We've got one here before we get to rankings and whatnot. So Danny Hall, I just wanted to say thanks for all the help this year. One final question. Um, need two. From my flex spot. So we've got um, not Adblock.
1: We've Ashlock. got
2: Ashlock versus Colorado. Adblock. State. <laughs> Adblock. Um, I need Will that. Shipley Adblock against South too. Carolina. Cephas against Tulane. McMillan versus Arizona State. Two of those guys. Uh, who, are, who are you guys picking here? I love I'm Shipley. going Shipley. Yeah. Um,
0: and then, man. McMillan for Arizona has, you know, definitely surpassed Cowing as the guy. He's big, he's strong. I'm I'm going to go Shipley and McMillan, probably on this list. See, let's see. I'm going.
1: I'm going. uh, I'm going Shipley and Cephas. The only way that I would switch and even think about putting Ashlock in is uh, if he's playing at home. If Hawaii's playing at home, he's got decent numbers. If Hawaii's playing on the road, he's pretty dreadful. Not because he's bad, just the Hawaii offense doesn't play well on the road. But I think uh, I think Shipley and Cephas is the matchup.
2: Arizona is projected to score 31. Rivalry game on the road at Arizona State. Uh, this is You've got to talk about weather a little bit here. So you know that one's going to be fine. UTSA at Tulane. They're projected to score twenty-four. So while both defenses are bad against the pass, uh, favor McMillan. I'm rolling with McMillan and Shipley.
0: You heard it here first, Danny Hall.
1: Danny Hall, don't listen to them. You got to take Cephas. <laughs> says the guy. Says the guy who had a seventy-point swing on his quarterbacks last week.
2: Oh. Uh, I don't have that
0: picture up, but remember though, I've had three weeks to think about lineups, Danny.
1: <laughs> Danny, Hall, seriously, thank you so much for uh, for tuning yeah, into the man. podcast. Uh, we appreciate every single person that comments, that watches, that helps to build this thing up. Help us spread the word so that this can be bigger and better for each and every one of you. So, uh, where do we go next, B Mac? Do you want to talk about uh, about the um, the Draft Kings? host battle see where we're at there
2: we'll get to that real quick let's go through rankings oh yeah oh yeah um see i was testing you i yeah, was that testing the test it was that was valid so <clears throat> here we go we'll start off with quarterbacks um you think about texas AM, all oh, the talent they have um they don't have a coach but uh <laughs>
0: could be better for them
2: lsu still projected to score 38 and a half this week at home against texas a&m that is insane but i wouldn't start anyone over Jaden daniels um got salter it's another great start he's been a super consistent you know look at his last three games 47 47 44 um but Bo Nix, consistent and better. 56, 54, 65. And then Jaden Daniels, 45, 78, 86. Absolutely ridiculous. But um, after those top three, Do though, bit. the rest of the uh, defenses versus the pass are terrible for the rest of the top 10. So you've got, you know, Byron Brown against UNCC, but then you've got. Uh, John Rees Plumley, which we'll talk about in the DFS host battle for sure. Uh, against the 116th defense, um, Aguilar against the 94th best defense against the past, Henigan against the 104th, blah, 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 blah. So there's some great matchups at the top. So you obviously want to be starting one of those guys if you're going up against someone. But um I'll give you an example. Let's go. Let's go with a. I mean, a question. Let's go with uh, Preston Stone against Navy and all the things that uh, Navy presents. In you know, if they are able to run successfully, your offense is not going to be on the field with Preston Stone that much. Um, but regardless, SMU is projected to score 32 or would you go with milro for alabama who's been on a tear he was uh, last 3 games 51 53 28 um, although it's at auburn where weird things happen like losing to new mexico state but i was going
1: to say they play yeah, alabama yeah, i was going to
2: say <laughs> come on there,
1: i mean this this one to me this this is like if there's if anybody answers not milro i would question their sanity I mean, Auburn just got beat by New Mexico. Miller is going to come in and he's going to feast on Auburn. I know it's a rivalry game, but I think Miller is going to crush in that game. I think the point you made, Mac, about Preston Stone playing against a clock-eating Navy is going to really have a chance to curtail his stat line just because they're going to eat the eat the clock up.
2: Yeah, milro has been on a tear. I, I, that would be a tough one for me. Data leans slightly in favor of Preston Stone there. All right. We can move along. Running backs here. This is where, when we're picking, if you had to pick, Matt, who would be the RB1? Uh, you know, that's definitive, right, in terms of points. It's, it's Ollie Gordon right now with 284 fantasy points. Um, RB2, though, Omari and Hampton. But RB1, when he's healthy, in terms of fantasy points per game, is uh genti
1: yes i i one, absolutely if you had to
2: sit one of those three this week who are you gonna Ooh. sit
1: if i had to sit one of those three okay so to me ollie gordon is the definite you're gonna play him um i think genti and omarion hampton that's a tough one because i think there, there's a case to sit either one of them genti because of air force kind of like with navy air force is a clock eating team um Man, I think I would probably sit Hampton because I feel like the best defense out of those three is NC State's. Um, so I, man, but that's tough. I don't. I, that's tough. I would love to have the problem of having those three guys flip a coin and you're good to go. What about you, Doug?
0: Um, sitting Hampton, Genty or Gordon? I'm sitting Genty all day.
1: Just because you're a Halani owner, come on over there, man. Why would it's you say because
0: Halani has outperformed Genty even last week? So
1: he was coming off an injury. Hey, he was coming back. Come on, man.
0: Halani, I think, is making a statement to possibly go in the draft, um, and Genty, I think, they're going to potentially try to keep him another year. So why would you try to crush this guy um, when you're really not playing for anything special, anyways? So <clears throat> and. Yeah, and I am a Helani fan and I just I would sit the guy that, you know, I think has competition for touches. It just to me it makes sense.
2: Can I give a shout out to someone we haven't talked about enough? Is is just Cody Schrader and what he's done.
0: I was gonna say, can I start Schrader over all three
2: of these guys? Walk on (laughs) like Missouri, uh just killing it. Like Missouri is, is a really solid team. And, uh, Schrader's been so consistent and, uh, just a tough runner zone blocking scheme, one cut kind of guy like, uh, and he hits the whole hard. Like he's, he's been great. Um, when we do the pod where we go over all of our like top players from the previous year, looking at, uh, preseason rankings, all that stuff, seeing how we did, seeing what we learned, that's all going to be good to go. All right. Um, oh. Gordy's putting oh, Gordy's gonna do, here we go one at a time here, here it comes, comes. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so wide receivers got neighbors in a dunze that's why i picked mike davis to win because he did a great job picking both of those guys up i think he drafted neighbors this past draft he got a dunze as a freshman or sophomore um off the waiver <laughs> wire and uh man uh, he did a great job acquiring those two, obviously. Um, got Corley up there as a great start this week for Western Kentucky. Jalen Royals has really taken off um, in that uh, Utah State offense. Colin Lacey hasn't had a touchdown in a while. It's part of why I am uh, out of the playoffs. <laughs> but um, he's been consistent, he gets, you know, 10 plus targets a game. Yet another great matchup for the fantasy playoffs. And uh, Luther Burden at eight. Someone you really can't sit. Torrey Horton, another one. Not a touchdown in a while up until last week. Um, But I was already out. Um, And then he's playing against Hawaii. Anyways, if you've got LeJonte Wester, who's had 56 points within the last two weeks... Or uh, a Jalen Royals or a Colin Lacey, which uh, which one of those two guys would you sit or those three? Sorry,
1: I would sit Lacey just because, like you said, Lacey is he's still a big part of that offense, but they have so many weapons at South Alabama. And I can't believe that that's actually a phrase that just came out of my mouth. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But South Alabama has got a ton of really good weapons on that offense. And their other receiver is getting just as many targets as Lacey over the past few weeks. Um, So I think Lacey, if I had to sit one of them is probably going to be the guy that I sit only because of that.
2: So this is the last you'll see of our rankings. I don't think we're going to do a bowl rankings. It's possible we can uh, be persuaded to do that. I've got an email to respond to on that one, actually. But um I think the next thing you'll see will be our 2024 early rankings. We'll have plenty of Debbie updates um, in the new year. We may but, even do uh, a bowl predictions, too.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to do a bowl predictions. We talked about it before the show, before our five attempts to get this one running today. My bad. Um Thinking about doing a Doing a bowl pick and maybe uh maybe you guys that are out there in the cfp open or mvp or cfp home if you guys want to be a part of that we'll put something together um and if you don't want to be a part of it then maybe the three of us will just do it and just say bump all you guys and we'll just do it ourselves
2: <laughs> yeah we'll probably have our two early version like over christmas break mm-hmm. um which will be before recruiting's done which will be before the portal you know opens and closes again in the spring so it'll be interesting but uh, and there will be more changes to come but at least our early rankings after most of the people have declared and all that stuff but not all of them will have by that point so plenty of changes and uh, it'll be it'll be interesting um to say the least with all the changes that we expect to happen but yet again A lot of changes at the top of the college fantasy football sphere, being seniors. Um, So you got, you know, Penix will be gone. Gabriel, Nix, Daniels. Uh, So, anyways, that being said, yeah, Matt, we can move along to our host battle. Here comes the drop. DFS host battle.
1: all right so dfs host battle so last week looked like doug was going to run away with it for the sixth week in a row or six no, it
2: looked like i was going to run away with it
1: look like you were okay yeah. well, look, that's right you're right i, I was the
2: low scorer last week
0: guys
1: well look like somebody who is not me was going to run away with that i'm like oh they got it i move away for like 30 minutes from it. i go back and check and somehow i got like 80 points In that span of time i ended up getting the dub so doug has got five wins this year i have got four Mac with two how can you justify that how can you justify that as the leader of cfb dynasty that you only have two this year
2: i can't justify it it's just unacceptable i accept it for you (laughs) monetarily (laughs) so uh
1: so um (laughs) b Doug, you guys go first this time. We'll, we'll keep up with the tradition of the guy who wins the previous week will be the last one to put their lineup I'll, up there.
0: I'll go ahead and hit it up first. So, uh, All right. For QB, I got Milton against Vandy, um, 7,500. Then I got Harvey for UCF at running back against Houston, 7,200. Then I got Robbins from BYU against OK State, 4,100. Then I got Evan Stewart, Texas A&M against LSU, because so I think they're going to have to try to score to keep up with them. Um 5,900. Then I got Vele, Utah receiver against Colorado, 5,000. Then I got Squirrel, Squirrel White, Tennessee. Hey, Squirrel. Um, against Vandy. There it is. God, I love that sound. Um, 5,700. Then I went with um, – Johnny Richardson, UCF against Houston, 3,900. Wanted somebody cheap, and I think UCF is potentially supposed to score a lot. So Yes, um, yeah, they are. And then my super flex is Pennix Jr. against Washington Ooh. State.
1: Man. All right. I, I can tell you, I don't understand how you guys are always able to get a high-priced quarterback into your super flex. Every week I'm like, man, I'm cutting, 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 and I've got like 4,100 bucks left. <laughs> B Mac, who do you got this week in the DFS host battle?
2: So give me Plumley against mm. Houston. I 82. was torn. Yeah, yeah I was torn. It was basically like him or Harvey. I couldn't get them both. Yeah, and I and I went with Plumley. And uh, whoever gets those goal line uh, at red zone touches will be the one that uh, is the winner. Um, so I'm hoping that's a, a shootout, and it's it's expected to be. Um, that's why we put out the shootouts of the week every week. Um, and give me anybody against Colorado. And in this case, Jaquin and Jackson, 5,300, um, Scadabo, um, at home Scadaboe. against Arizona. 50. Dude, that dude was taking snaps at quarterback last week, boy. Give me some of them, $5,700. Um, then I've got Javon Baker, uh, to stack with Plumley uh, at 6,000. I've got Barry and Brown, who scores like every four games or so. So, this is his fourth game um, at He's 4,800. Dear. He's dear. <laughs> and uh, Evan Stewart, you know, give me anybody against uh, LSU, against the pass that AM's going to be behind passing the whole game. Evan Stewart, 5,900. I wanted to, I almost went with Anaya Smith in there as well, but I went with Man Jack in the flex and Donovan Smith at 8,200 as the other quarterback so i've got a, a double stack there donovan smith to man jack plumley to baker who you got matt
1: all right so i got Jalen uh, jaylen milrow at quarterback for uh he's 9500 then i've got travion henderson at uh running back at 7300 i felt like that was really low for him that was a good value um then i've got isaac garendo from louisville who is only a $6,300 running back play, but he's been averaging uh, mid-teens. I need to save a little money there. Obviously, my boy Man Jack the fourth, um, was only $5,900, so that was a good value to try and save some money. Uh, then I've got Brennan Presley from Oklahoma State. He was a $5,900 play. Last week he had 15 receptions for 189 yards, 36.7 fantasy points felt like that was a good, uh, mm-hmm. a good value there. I got a uh, Loveland from Michigan, uh, the tight end, he's not putting up great numbers, but I needed to save money at 4700. I've got uh, a Mecca Ibuka as my flex, 6300, and then in my super flex, I've got Aiden Roberts from BYU. Forty-one hundred dollar play. Who had twenty-one points last week, one hundred eighty-two yards. So I felt like that was going to be worth it. So we'll see if that could be if I can tie up Doug this week and get my fifth championship, or if B Mac can stay in last place and get his third.
2: Yeah, let's do that. Um, All right, I'll move us along. Play the drop. Here we go. It's time for the brisket lock.
0: All right, so uh, picking up the pace here a little bit. If you guys don't care, I'm gonna go over our brisket locks from last week and how they did, and then we'll hit the ones from this week. So, for me, I got I went with Josh Kelly, who ten targets, six receptions, 130 yards, crushed me because he didn't have a touchdown. Um, but other than that, he played really well. Um, and then Matt went with one of his one of his boys, one of his homies, Omar in Hampton, running back at UCA U. NC, who had a great day, 19 attempts, 178, two touchdowns. The two fumbles would have given him another four, five, six points depending on what your league you're in. So
1: It would have given him a lot more than that because one of them was a 75-yard touchdown that he got hit from behind at the one foot line. (laughs) So it became a 74-yard run with a fumble out the side of the end zone instead of a 75-yard touchdown, which was a huge points difference for me on that one play.
0: That's crushing for sure because that would have been, what, eight points there,
2: different, nine? Yep. So And and that was a risky start too. That's why it's a good brisket lock because they were playing at Clemson, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, Yeah, we had him. I think he was in the 30s as far as our our weekly rankings was last. That's why the only reason why Amar and Hampton would even be a brisket lock because he's got the high stats, but he has had a bad defensive matchup for sure.
0: Yep. And then BMAC with Marquez Cooper ball against Kent. 25 attempts, 140 and a
2: TD. Yep. Against his old
0: team. I mean, man, the brisket locks were pretty solid last week. Like I said, barring, you know, Josh Kelly not getting a touchdown, we were pretty solid on our brisket locks. So I'm
2: I'm happy about that. Well, mine this week, I'm going for someone who is going to go for 225 yards. Oh, and two to three touchdowns. (laughs) Harrison Whaley for Wyoming against. Nevada, who you got, Doug?
0: Um, man, I'm rolling this with ridiculous, by the way, with ridiculous. this game because I like this a lot, um, <laughs> and I've watched a lot of FSU play uh, this year. I'm going with Max Brown from UF. Um, I'm I'm gonna say he's probably gonna have at least 225 yards passing and probably between 80 and 90 yards rushing against. Oh that.
2: my goodness.
0: I'll be I'm your the, bookie this week. That's what I'm that's what I'm rolling with. Um, because I've seen FSU struggle so much against quarterbacks that are dual threat.
1: Well, I, I got a note this week. I got a message saying I'm uninvited to Thanksgiving dinner. So to try and get back in his good graces because we have him so far down 35th in the rankings. I put Frank Harris in as my <laughs> risk it lock. Trying to get back in his good graces. I mean, Shut he's it. only he's only like three, four years younger than me, still playing college football. Uh, one week late. Last week had a seventy-six point performance. Do I think he's going to do that this week? I do not. But Frank Harris is showing that he is uh, completely rounding into form at the end of the season, and uh, I don't think you're going to. Oh, I don't think you're going to miss if you play him.
2: There he is, hey, Frank. There's what's you. going on, man? There's you talking to him on the bench, trying to get re-invited. Yep, trying to get Thank that turkey boy. Hey.
1: <laughs> no, nah, because I'm the turkey I'm the turkey that didn't play Frank Harris last week That's what I'm talking girl. about
0: Gobble, double, son
1: All right, so it looks like we've hit Exactly the one hour mark for this podcast Which means it's time for us to get the heck out of here and Let everybody get back to their day So next week, Mac, Do you think that we're going to try to get the uh, I guess we can't do it next week But uh, the bowl, I guess a couple weeks from now is when We'll be talking about the, uh, the bowls Next yep. week, what do you think we'll be talking about?
2: Yeah, we will uh, figure that one out on the fly. I'm super stoked for off-season mode, uh, player acquisition time, and all that stuff, so um, TBD. But uh, we'll have some fun with it and getting ready for 2024 everything.
1: Sounds good to me. All right, everybody, on behalf of myself, Brian McElfrish, and Doug Gravely, this has been the CFBDynasty.com podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to the CFB Dynasty Podcast. Help us out by subscribing
2: on YouTube and reviewing us on your podcast network.